I've, I've been recording. I thought we were doing a cold open, but apparently not. Oh, well, I was going to do a co- I was going to suggest a cold open as well, but I was going to do a bit about how our cold open could be us trying to work out what our cold open would be. Is this the cold open? Well, no, because also we need to sink, Quilky. So I know I know when we're sunk. Then we could sink later. We could and do the. Ah, uh, fine. I guess this is the cold open. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. <laughs> it's good to be back. Oh, it's going to be like this, isn't it? Yeah, baby. Just check I am recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure, just in case. Okay, now are you ready to sync? Yes. Okay, I'm going to just do a countdown yeah. from five. You join in on three. Okay. Okay. episode of Boy Review, a little show we like to do here at the weekends, or as you call it, Wednesday. Yeah, Wilkie, that's right. We might be recording this on a Tuesday, but it's going out tomorrow, so it's, I'm going to say Wednesday. Oh, we've got, to, we've got to account for time dilation, of course, yes. Yeah, because we're moving at the speed of light. I think, I think. Yeah, we're going lightning fast. I've, I've got fibre internet here, so I might actually be moving at the speed of light, I don't know. Damn, okay. Is that how fibre works? Uh, but yeah, because it's light in the cable that bounces around. Hell yeah. I think there's a weird thing where you can make it go faster because it reflects. I don't know. I I did a physics, I did a whole physics degree and I don't remember how they explained it once. I, I did a classics degree, so I'm just going to trust you. Yeah. I mean, classics teaches you a bit about physics, maybe, because some of the oldest physicians Does were... It? Well, you learned about Greeks and some of the oldest physicists were Greeks. I learned about Greek food. I don't know if that counts. You learned about Greek food? Do you know what they... So you might... Yeah. You don't know what the Grecians earned, but you know what they ate. Yes. You can't just steal lines from Disney's Hercules and no, call because, them your own jokes. No, because it's a thing... Of, I, I think it was a... The line was based on the fact that people don't know how... There's like a thing about you don't know how much like, money Greeks made. Isn't that a thing? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's bits of paper that say, or like like tablets that say like how much things cost, and you can sort of extrapolate. But that, that wasn't what my degree was about. Oh, I mean, that would have been that's like a a maths class, maths and classics would be a a good combo to do. Probably, I I almost uh, didn't do classics at all. I almost did. I almost did um physics and philosophy dual uh, dual honors. Joint honours. Wow. That's a, again, maths and philosophy I've heard. I've not heard physics and philosophy. That's a interesting combo. But it, it was not to be, sadly. Disappointing. Well, Wilkie, I can make you happy again, because you know what is to be. What? We're back. Hell yeah. yeah! We have a show yeah. again. The um the apocalypse prevented us from, from doing the show. Uh, but... It wasn't really an apocalypse. It's not quite an apocalypse. Uh, uh, fine. I think if I still have internet, I mean, if you've still got fibre internet, 
You're fine. I, I think it's an apocalypse when you have to stick a, a coat hanger in the top of a potato to try and send a signal out. <laughs> and then nothing happens because that's not how anything works. I rub, Stick a coat hanger in the potato, rub it along the carpet, generate some static electricity, and then Bob's your uncle. You've got TV, radio, and internet all in one. Hell yeah. That, that was a top saving tip money saving money saver supermarket for yeah. uh martin students. lewis eat your heart out exactly yep yeah, so this little show is one where we review everything that's a, a bold we're trying to a yeah. bold claim but as you've already seen we're what like five minutes in and we've yet to actually get into any topic so we'll see how this it might take us quite a long time to do that um but in the pursuit of that goal, let's go into our first topic, which I would like to go first with. That's okay. Go ahead. And I asked if, if as if I haven't already cleared it with you before the show. Because I would like to talk about cooking. Um, Hell yeah. So I posted some pictures on Instagram of some of the stuff I've been cooking recently. It was from a HelloFresh order. This is not an advert. They have not paid us. But HelloFresh, if you are listening and you want to send us some money... We will happily take it. Go for it. Yeah, we'll we'll be sponsored by HelloFresh any day. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but until that day, I will just talk generally about cooking because I'm. I'll be damned if I give free advertising to anybody. <laughs> so so you're 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 not you're not reviewing HelloFresh nor the concept of like meal kit deliveries. You're just like co- cooking for yourself. Just cooking for yourself, uh, and I think it was. It, Izzy was also here. Uh, Izzy is my girlfriend, and I cooked with and for her. But I think I just want to talk about just general cooking because also I'm now living all home alone. My parents have have gone away, uh, and uh, I've got to sort of do everything for myself now, as if I wasn't having to do that a lot of the time at uni anyway. I didn't. Wouldn't it be great if I could have just brought someone to like like a, a maid or a butler or something to come and just look after me at uni? I mean. The, the the amount of pasta I made in our house, like, yeah, I don't think you would ever have had to cook for yourself. You could have just been like, can I have some of what you're having? I'd have probably given you some. Yeah. But I looked after myself nonetheless, Wilkie. You, you could, did, you could you have did. helped me, but I, I did okay. Uh, and I just think cooking is such a fun thing to do because not only do you have the practical nature, I'm going to finish that word, practical nature of actually creating something you can eat that will sustain you, uh, eating is one of the the things you have to do to stay alive. I have discovered as a, as a theory stamp. Um, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're we're waiting on the journal Nature to uh, to ratify those claims. Exactly, it needs to be peer reviewed, as all things do. Uh, I need to get a control study in. They need a group of people not to eat for a bit. See what happens. Well, uh, I'm I'm in Brighton, so I can I can get a a pretty good peer to review your work just make sure it doesn't burn down am i right ayo ayo only real west pier gang represent such a niche joke such a niche joke (laughs) oh anyway um but cooking is also just a lot of fun because uh, i found i've just finished my dissertation for anyone that doesn't know a whole fifteen thousand words of essay that i had to submit to the university had to submit it twice to two different people i don't Why? know who those two people i don't know i had to pr- i know I, I used to have to print two copies of it but since covid became a whole thing 
don't have to do that. So that saved me a lot of money from Warwick Print. But uh, I had to print, I had to send two different copies. I assume it's because one goes to one person and one goes to another person. They don't know who's who. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't mark it. I, but, I, uh, my dissertation had two markers, but I did only have to upload it once. Do you have to upload it to like different websites? Uh, just the same Moodle link twice. There's a two, well, two different Moodle links, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, but cooking. After that, I felt I had no purpose in my life. I didn't have any sort of balance, <laughs> nothing to do. But cooking does sort of give you a directive because you've got to follow a set of instructions. And so, you know, it's like prepare the tomatoes, prepare the onions, prepare the water for the pasta and whatever it is that you're cooking. Get that mise en place. Yeah, remember to turn your oven on because if you don't, you're going to have to wait 10 minutes for it to heat up. All of that stuff. And so it does, and it, it gets you quite zen. I find it quite fun to listen to music, maybe have a bit of uh, YouTube or Netflix on in the background whilst I cook. And and then also at the end of it, I get to eat something nice rather than just it being uh, a microwave meal or whatever that's been prepared for me and frozen for months at a time. I can just, it's all nice and fresh. I can feel good and healthy about what I've eaten. Yeah, that's, I, I, I also enjoy cooking. Um, I, I think I... I cook much less often from a recipe. Um, I I enjoy just sort of messing about, seeing what works. Um, but yeah, it's cooking is a lot of fun. I I definitely see what you mean by it's like it's very zen. You just get to chill out and yeah, prepare prepare some nice food, and it, it feels very wholesome. Even if you're cooking something that's like on the unhealthy side, um, I've I've cracked a fairly nice recipe for macaroni cheese lately um do tell it's well it's it uses science um so I, you I know like all cooking's kind of a bit of science well yeah but it uses like a bit more science so um <laughs> you know blast like it. blast it with like some weird laser thing <laughs> i mean that that is essentially what a microwave is but it's not a microwave okay um, no i, I okay you know that like pre-sliced cheese that you get, and it's like individually wrapped in individual slices, like American style cheese. America, American cheese, yes. Yeah, American cheese is is reconstituted cheese. They they melt it down and then they form it into these little slices. But cheese doesn't like it. It doesn't reconstitute that way naturally. So they have to add this uh, stuff called um, uh, sodium citrate. Big word. Yeah, it's the, the the sodium salt of citric acid. Um and what that does is it's a it's a uh an emulsifying agent. So if you put in half uh half American cheese and then half regular cheese, like whatever cheese you want, and you mix it up with milk and butter, it makes like this ridiculously smooth cheese sauce that you don't have to like mess about with a roux where you risk making it gritty or anything. And so that's that's really fun. So like, like I was saying, like, even when what you're making is kind of unhealthy, it feels, it still feels nice because it's like, oh, I didn't just like whack it in a microwave and now I've got this. Like I, I put work into making this thing that is now going to be nice. Yeah. And also you touched on upon something because you talk about how you don't always use a recipe. I don't often use a recipe either. I feel like I've cooked a, quite enough 
things, I've used enough different ingredients that for a lot of the basic stuff, I kind of know what works. So I can think like, well, I'm going to grab that tomato and I know what a tomato can go with. It's great with onions and other vegetables. It's great with pasta. It's great with a whole host of other things. Probably don't want to spread it with jam on my toast. but Probably not. Uh, to only briefly mention HelloFresh one more time. Uh, what one thing was cool was that they do give out recipes and it was quite fun to have to cook something from a recipe because it did give me a host of new ideas. Um, one thing was using cream in a cheese sauce. Not that uncommon a thing, but it's just something I hadn't really done before and probably way more expensive than most other options. But it still was a, it was a cool idea. And there are a few other things where, you know, um, had to cook some halloumi and I put some sesame on it. I've not sesame seeds. I've never used sesame seeds before, but it was cool. And you spread some honey on the halloumi so they'd stick to it, and it was really, Ooh. really well, nicely baked. Lovely. That sounds great. I know it was. I, I love it halloumi. It was quite a lot. It was quite a laugh, uh, and that was a lot of fun. And it's given me some new ideas of things that I could sort of combine into recipes in the future. So I think sort of I like to do a balance occasionally of cooking something with a recipe and then also trying to work it out myself yeah in improvising you could say improvising and doing it my own way and so with that little discussion we're gonna have to review cooking and for anyone that hasn't heard boy review before how could you not how does everyone not listen to radio at warwick 1251 a.m god it's a it's a classic it's a, it's, it's a. I, oh, oh, how do I miss quest. it? I, I miss do it miss so it. much. They have all the nice podcast equipment or I like radio equipment. Ha, have the they desk. put the new desk in yet? I mean, I, I don't know if anyone's been allowed into Warwick, Wilkie. It's pretty sad. It is sad. I mean, you'll be hopefully back doing Raw next year. We'll see. We'll, we'll see if it's allowed. Well, yeah. Uh, but so for anyone that hasn't been listening though. Uh, we have a one to four rating system. It's not the best system in the world. We, I'd probably give it a, a a bad good, which I'll explain what that means now. So I briefly what, forgot what that meant as well. So a one out of four, the lowest rating is bad, bad. Makes sense. Bad twice. It can't get any worse than that. Then the next step up is a two out of four. It's a good, bad, because the, the suffix is the bad, that's what it is. But the it's, prefix it's still is bad. good. But it, it's it's okay a little bit. Uh, then a it's three out of four. It's on the good side of bad. Exactly. And then a bad good is on the bad side of good. That's a three out of four. And then finally, a good good. Two thumbs up. My favourite rating. Wilkie's favourite rating. Again, I think you've given not a good good once. And then it was a bad good, which you then later corrected and said, you know what? I'm going to give it a good good. You know what? I was being unfair. <laughs> I was so, being harsh. But I was in a bad mood. To kick it off, we were very, very positive about cooking. And you kind of have to be. It's a lot of fun. It's great to do. You need to do it. So I'm going to give it a good good. That's a, a wonderful way to start off season two of Boy Reviews. Two thumbs up. Good good. And now, Wilkie... You're talking about this, what this would be before the show, and well, yeah, you you told me you were going to talk about cooking, so I thought it was only fair that I forewarned you of my topic. And I've got to I've got to say, I, 
I don't think the two really link. I was trying to think of a segue. I think the only thing I thought of at the time was maybe if your cooking goes so badly wrong, you'll need to rely on this. But uh, yeah, why don't you kick it off? So um, this is something that I've been looking at recently. Uh, today, I'm going to be talking to you about uh, the field of nuclear semiotics. Uh, uh, everyone knows what that is. Just a little thing I like. Everyone, all. Well, I like to read about it in the in the, my comics. You know, just the little the little funnies at the bottom of the newspaper page. They also, talk, <laughs> they also make a joke about Garfield the cat. They replaced I hate Mondays with I hate nuclear semiotics. Well, Hamish, allow me to enlighten you on what nuclear semiotics means. So, can you have a guess at what semiotics is as a field, as a field of research? So I. I think based on the fact that I know you as a person, you have been talking about this, I know what it is, but I don't, I know what nuclear semiotics is, but I don't know how you get the etymology of semiotics. Fair. Uh, Semiotics is the study of signs, the study of like communication of information. Um, And nuclear semiotics is specifically to do with uh, what are called long time nuclear waste warning messages. Yes. Um, so imagine you are uh, an, an alien race and you come to the planet Earth in 10,000 years' time. Bleep, bloop, I'm an alien and I've visited the Earth in 1220. Well, yeah. there you go. Um, mm, what's the this pr- green glowy liquid? Well, I'm going to touch that's, it. We, we want to be able to convey to those people that they shouldn't touch it. Uh, so if, or just if we probably want to- get anywhere near it. Yeah, so if uh, the, the main strategy for getting rid of nuclear waste at the moment is by burying it. And we want to try and communicate to people who don't speak English, who aren't shaped like humans, that this is a bad place to go. Um, there was a, um, a study, what, what the, the biggest study into nuclear semiotics was done in 1993 at Sandia National Laboratories. Um, and they recommended that a message... Uh, that was uh, intended to communicate this information should comprise four levels of increasing complexity. Level one, rudimentary information. Uh, Something man-made is here. This is not a natural place. Uh, Level two, cautionary information. Something man-made is here and it's dangerous. Uh, Level three, basic information. Uh, It tells you what, why, when, where, who, and how this in this uh, man-made object is here. What it is, why we put it here, and complex information. Level four: highly detailed written records, tables, figures, graphs, maps, and diagrams. So, trying to convey that basic stuff is fairly easy. Uh, one of the one of the sort of methods that people have come up with is just covering the land around this burial site in massive black concrete spikes. Because I, be- I, I, I would assume, you know, the laws of physics being what they are, a spike to any physical life form is going to be a sign of danger. Like, just because of the way spikes work, you know, the way they apply pressure, that's bad. Yeah, but what if I'm an alien and I can't turn into a gas and I'm able to float through it? Ooh. Uh, well, somehow we would... Uh, the, the, some other suggestions were... Um, uh, like building an entire city out of this same like black concrete, but making it all misaligned so it feels like a maze. Um, to sort of make people turn around, just straight up covering 
the land in black concrete. So it's like, oh, there's no point in trying to do anything here. Like, we can't work this land. We can't really build on it because we can't build foundations, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, now, he- he- here's my favorite bit. Um, not only did the uh, the Sandia National Laboratories report give those four levels, mm-hmm. they gave a a template for this message. Now, they wrote it in English, but then the idea is to then try to convey that message through uh, non-physicality language. Yeah. Or, or just like interpretive some, dance. Perhaps. I mean, there, there's, it's not always structures. Um, the, the biohazard symbol is an example of like trying to move towards this like non-language based communication. Yes. The biohazard symbol, we don't know that it's bad because we know that it means biohazard. There is a, to, to us at least, there is this weirdness about it. It looks bad. It looks spiky and, and aggressive. Yeah. No, I, um, well, you're talking about a lot of stuff. I'll let you say what uh, the message is, because I think it's a really cool message, because I think you put it in a, a group chat. And then I want to talk about this a bit as well, because this was talked about in uh, a nuclear physics module I did. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hambo, put, put some cool music under this, because this, this message is like, when I picture like discovering this message written somewhere, I it's scary. The message reads, this place is a message and part of a system of messages. Pay attention to it. Sending this message was important to us. We considered ourselves to be a powerful culture. This place is not a place of honor. No highly esteemed deed is commemorated here. Nothing valued is here. What is here was dangerous and repulsive to us. This message is a warning about danger. The danger is in a particular location. It increases towards the centre. The centre of danger is here, of a particular size and shape, and below us. The danger is still present, in your time as it was in ours. The danger is to the body, and it can kill. The form of the danger is an emanation of energy. The danger is unleashed only if you substantially disturb this place. This place is best left shunned and uninhabited. So that's deep shit. Terrifying. Yeah. Um cuz nuclear waste is very terrifying cuz it can just completely rip through you. Uh particularly so, what well, the ones as you get nearer to it like alpha and beta radiation will just tear you apart. That's why you've got to be really careful with... Like, physically? Uh, not quite tear you apart physically, but it will... Um, well, actually, no, kind of physically, because it will give you cancer and stuff. So well, I, so I'm I, I'm picturing, like, laser beam holes, like, just, like, um, shooting through your chest. You're not going to be, like... I mean, you'd have, no, it would have to be, like, highly powered, but it's why you've got to be really careful with certain um, old... And even, I think, some modern... Uh, what's it? What are they called? The things that go off when there's a fire. A fire alarm. Yes. Oh, the, yes. Oh, yes. They've got radioactive material in them, haven't they? Because there's the episode of um, Young Sheldon. Yes. Yeah, so Is they it have... Young Sheldon, where he makes a nuke. I don't know. I've not watched Young Sheldon. Probably. It's like the, the one it's bit probably he... an episode of The Big Bang Theory, and just yeah. an audience laughs as Sheldon makes a nuke <laughs> and plans to blow up everybody. Yeah. He like he orders like 500 defective fire alarms and takes out all the nuclear waste and tries to make a like a generator or something yeah because basically uh, an alpha emitter is the most 
potent emitter of uh, nuclear energy. It's the most ionizing, but also has the shortest wavelength. If you, you know, if I had an alpha emitter, um, probably just even where my uh, webcam is, I'd be fine because there's enough air between me and that uh, emitter that it just, the the energy just doesn't get to me at all because it just gets absorbed by everything around it. Uh, but, uh, and that's why it works great in a fire alarm system because you just have a detector and an emitter really near each other. And if even just some smoke gets in the way, it blocks it and then your alarm goes off because like, I can't detect this thing anymore. Help, there's a fire or there's something like smoke blocking it. It's sometimes why... V- there's <laughs> there's deodorant. Or deodorant or even like lots of steam can also have the same effect, but it's, it's kind of good. Um... But then, clearly, it's clearly the best method we've come up with so far. Uh, I think we have other methods now. Uh, I think that's why we don't always use there's, them. There's heat alarms. My first year uh, accommodation had heat alarms in the kitchen. Exactly. Yeah, I think we have better ways of uh, alarm systems. Though sometimes I know in some uh, of like the physics labs, because they do experiments with heat, they can't use regular heat alarms because it just doesn't work. They would set themselves off all the time. Uh, I remember someone actually installed a heat alarm by accident, and that was a fun day where the alarm went off five times during oh, lectures. Oh, um, That's a story for another time. Uh, the nuclear physics side of it, it was exactly this problem of, we've got all this nuclear waste, what do we do with it? Because the two options are, we send it off into space, and that seems like a, an okay idea from our perspective, but A, it's quite expensive to send stuff up into space right now. It's not cheap to do. Secondly, on that note, not all the time, but frequently enough that it would be a major issue, space travel sometimes goes wrong very explosively, very near the ground. And if you've got something that's kind of up in the air a bit, boom, with lots of nuclear waste, you just spread it all around through the air. Way worse a situation than it was before. That would be a bad, bad. That would be bad, bad. And then finally from the sort of this perspective of uh, nuclear semiotics of thinking about people going forwards or maybe not people but you know other living creatures whatever civilization is on earth after us yeah if you send it off into space you don't know what's it's going to hit will it land on some other planet eventually and maybe affect life will it uh, you know even if we just send it off will it could it collide with another planet in our solar system or any of these other whole host of things You've got to really think about it. And then, yeah, burying it underground. Most scientists would say that the human race isn't going to be around forever. You'd hope we'd be around for a long time, but there's a whole host of things. Either we will end ourselves, possible, or we will, you know, a a giant meteorite killed the dinosaurs. They didn't really have any control over that unless some dinosaur knew some really powerful spell from Final Fantasy. You don't know that's not true. Just put on a little wizard hat and a wand. Cannot cannot deny nor confirm <laughs> exactly because that would have all burnt up in the meteor right yeah exactly it's like the it's the plot of final fantasy 7 but with uh raptors and t-rexes with big long swords they would have all melted so you don't know that didn't happen is that, is that the one where they have a car long silver hair um i'm picturing kingdom hearts is the thing i'm picturing kingdom hearts as well choice game uh, but yeah, you don't know what's going to wipe us out, but something probably will. And there'll be other living races that will probably 
builds up where we are and there are all these issues because you talk about the the nuclear waste hazard symbol it's typically yellow and black and yellow and black's a really common symbol for a lot of human hazard signs and that's because with the fauna and flora we currently have on earth yellow and black is a consistent sign of danger uh, there are things about how uh, it's interesting that people that are colorblind can still often tell the difference between uh, yellow and black and sometimes yellow and red because those are danger colors. Unless it's a sunflower. Sunflowers are very yellow and black. But like uh, wasps are dangerous and they have yellow and black. You've got uh, certain types folks. of lizards and frogs and other things where yellow and black means danger. And so that is a great warning sign. But what if in 10,000 years time things have changed if everything's been wiped out and has to evolve anew what if the new colors are green and red and what if yellow and black are actually good things so how do we then convey those kinds of messages and even then you know you say oh concrete well over millennia that could get worn down by water and other erosion effects how do we still maintain that this area is dangerous when potentially anything we build could just disappear over time one of the most interesting theories that i heard of like 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 you're saying like concrete erodes was to um like essentially to to invent religion like if if you start like uh like almost like in uh, the fallout games you got like the cult of the atom or something like if you yeah. start the, the these cultural beliefs that this place is bad this place is is um you know evil cursed unhallowed ground that it's it's much easier to pass down a belief like that and to mm. like uh make it apparent uh and, and to, to to make it last um so yeah. yeah the idea of starting like nuclear cults was was genuinely considered as like a way of protecting nuclear waste but then if the cult, everyone that follows the cult dies out, it goes wrong somewhere. What if the message changes? Because even with, you know, current religions, people can take what's written and they can, you know, they can sort of be a good person about it or they can be a dick about what's written. Yeah. And, you know, someone might, it, all it takes is one or two crazy people that sort of read it and say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to believe that it's in fact... A good thing and I is gonna go and gobble all up all of that nuclear waste and I'm gonna share it with people it doesn't take much for it to go horribly horribly wrong and then yeah all the people that or whatever it is that follow that religion die out still doesn't solve your problem and it's a really it's a really really big issue with nuclear that's why um, people are kind of going away from nuclear as a possible alternative to coal fuel just because it's you have this long-term problem with it and you just mm. You can't do anything about it. It's pretty scary. It's really scary. Like the, there's, waste. there's there's no solution that sort of works completely. Exactly. Uh, so that's why people want to push more towards uh, solar panels and wind farms and geothermal and everything else other than coal, because and nuclear. Because yeah, it just it goes wrong eventually. I mean, yeah, Fallout, as you mentioned, is a game where it goes wrong even when you have such a beautiful society beautiful society in inverted commas where you know everyone has this nuclear family but literally because they have all of the uh nuclear powered cars and mm, yeah. free energy for everybody robotics go sky high it's also very dangerous the moment something goes wrong i, I think society would be much better if there was more marcy robbins music 
I think it's, I think the music in Fallout is really really fun. That's so a whole it's thing. Also, weird to think that there is a genre of music because it's all real music that existed before the game yeah like there's a genre of music dedicated to nuclear apocalypse i I think there was this moment i can't remember what tv show it was but there was this tv show they filmed about what if during the cold war era where you know what if there was like this apocalypse town where they had to prepare for a nuclear explosion or a nuclear or like in the fallout of a nuclear war and you did, they had they interviewed this young uh woman that was doing it i think she was like a child at the time and she was just like yeah we're just sort of prepared for it and she said i just hope that i'm near the blast center when it goes off so then i don't have to worry about it Crikey. just get <laughs> i know right get incinerated instead of having to deal with the aftermath i mean that's that's the whole thing like it's like yeah, what whatever you do with with nuclear pa- nuclear power or you know the the power that is in the nucleus, like there's no no real good outcome. No, there's always it's this just... long long lasting uh, bad stuff. So yeah, um, it's got deep. Well, this was a deep topic for a first episode. Deep, deep topic. Are we talking about something a lot more fun next week? Don't worry. Um, <laughs> For n- nuclear semiotics, I'm gonna say it's a it's a I'm gonna give it one of my lowest ratings ever. I'm gonna give it a two, a a good bad, a good bad. Oh, why is it a good bad? On the whole, bad, scary, uh, terrifying implications. Kind of cool though. Kind of cool. It is Ka- a really kind cool of cool. Idea. Like to imagine this landscape that like has been custom built to just be ominous and and to to turn you away no matter how brave or desperate you are you don't go to that place turn that into like a dnd oh no i i I fully am uh there's a in in the dnd world that i have created uh there's this there's like crystalline magic that you can dig up and if you mess up it explodes and like spreads wild magic everywhere uh which can which has similar effects to radiation because it can just cause random magical effects to happen to you oh that's like that's a lot like radiation actually yeah because it just it can mutate you in lots of random ways interesting fact like that was one of the earliest forms of genetic modification was just taking plants bunging radiation at them and seeing what you get roll a d100 you get oh it dies again okay sure yeah just see what happens and then trying to call and, and you get something that's better than it was before and you just cultivate it and you make sure that that's you keep some of those cool genes because you can have some weird stuff happen it it hasn't gone much further than that it's been replaced by a lot of systems it turns out um like crispr like crispr which i got it right about in my dissertation that's a fun one we love crispr yeah everyone does but it's all about that prime editing am i right guys yeah. For all them, for all them biotechnology nerds out there like me, um, hell yeah. Well then, on all of that note, we have to go into our final topic of the week because we only do three topics on this show. Keep it nice and crisp and short. We're gonna be talking kind of meta, not about nuclear semiotics or anything quite as deep. We're gonna be talking about podcasts because this show is now a podcast. It's not a radio show anymore. It is streamed. I think most places. I don't know. Anchor has says it's hooked me up to a lot of things. I'll need to double check exactly. Yeah, Anchor. Anchor looked pretty promising. I I, I looked there earlier. I've I've hooked up uh, the RSS feed to my podcast app of choice. 
But yeah, it's, it's disseminated us to a lot of places, and I'll probably, over the next couple of days, see if we can get on to any more. But podcasts are pretty cool. You and I both listen to podcasts, and we make them. So I think we should talk about what we think of them. Uh, and I... I love podcasts because we, we were talking earlier about cooking and you were saying like, oh, like I like to listen to music and have Netflix on while I cook. I, it's, it's podcasts for me. I, I have podcasts on while I cook. Um, I remember back in first year when I, um, when I lived on campus, I would make, uh, I, I shopped very regularly. I would always do my shopping on a Monday because I had, I had no classes on Mondays. I would wait for my brother, my brother and me to come out and I would start playing it as I left my accommodation and I would always be at least back on campus by the time it ended because it's always like 50 minutes to an hour yeah it's about that and that was that was all it took and so that that was I I I couldn't shop like with without a podcast on because like I it it weirdly having something having like a group of people talking in your ears helps you focus I find it helps me focus because it yes it like it gives it gives me something to focus on because so how do you explain it? Focusing on two things, i listening and looking at the shopping I'm doing, is a lot more is a lot easier than trying to focus on everything that's going on around me. So it, yes. it's almost a bit like sensory deprivation. Like I don't have to like oh there's there's someone talking over there. My brain will like latch onto that and be like, I've got to listen to what they're saying and I've got to like listen to the announcement that's just there. It's not for me. It's someone has lost their child. That's not me. So having something to distract your brain from a lot of the other distractions helps me focus. No, I'm completely with which you. Which makes no sense out loud. No, I, I, I really get that because I mean, you even talk about the announcements. I used to work uh, at a supermarket. It was specifically a Waitrose. Uh, but even when I'm in, say, a Tesco or an Aldi or anywhere, and there's an announcement over the tannoy, my brain just picks that up and is like, wait, am I needed somewhere? And it's like, no, I've not worked there for like two years. Of course I'm not needed anywhere. <laughs> I've ne- and I've this never worked even... here. This isn't, the, this isn't where I work, but I'm, and it, I'm, I'm tuned into it. Because I think before I worked at a supermarket, I just didn't pay attention to it. I, I was probably a kid and I was a dumb kid. And so I don't pay attention to what's going on in the world around me frequently got lost in supermarkets uh very very frequently i just get distracted by whatever was on the shelves and then my mum would just be getting on with her day because of of course she is she's not gonna wait around just staring at shelves for a bit and then your mum is so organized she'd be gone and i'd have to wander the aisles looking for her because she just she just has a route she does she misses arches out i know there's i don't need any cans this week gonna ignore that one and it would take me it felt what felt like hours, probably minutes, to to locate her. Yeah, but just be be able, be able to zone out. I used to be able to zone them out. Now I can't. Focus. And the podcasts do help me. Just sort of have have the tunnel vision of this is what I need. This is on my list. This is this is what I'm planning to cook for the week. Though I can't listen to every podcast when I go out. Um, you mentioned my brother, my brother, and me. That's a great one. And others where it's sort of either comedy talking or slightly informational i can listen to something like kind of funny games daily or um what's another what's a couple of the sawbones um the medical podcast or even a show like prompted shout out to prompted a great great podcast there uh but if it's something like a, an entertainment uh, not a, like a story driven podcast i would say 
something like the adventure zone or something else which has a radio drama element can't i have to sit down and focus on that i maybe i can be on a bus uh traveling somewhere but if i'm having to think about something else i just lose track of the story and i have to stop and i get that's really interesting because i i i find that i can i can focus on on story stuff even while i'm like do it, it i think only only one thing can be like a mindful task but like for me like shopping and cooking can be quite um like mindless like if i'm cooking something really simple like i'm just like oh i'm gonna cook pasta for dinner tonight like that's not something that my brain has to focus on so i can focus on listening to the story and then like suddenly just the work is done because i've been you know i i know how to cook pasta i just leave it there for 10 minutes put put some sauce in do some flipping around add some like butter or whatever some olive oil make it a bit fancy and that's that's fine so as as long as i only have to focus on one thing but yeah if i'm trying to do like like if i'm trying to like write an essay or if i'm trying to like do some like story writing i can't do that and listen to something that i have to focus yeah, on yeah i at the same time. i can't write edit do anything whilst i'm listening to something if maybe if i've got something like music without any words in it but yeah definitely not a podcast and i, I don't know what it is about the whole sort of story driven thing over because take like sawbones which is a, a, a medical uh, history show for somehow my brain's able to keep track of all of that and can if i maybe miss something can sort of make the leap as to oh i've missed some fact but i i can kind of understand it whereas say the adventure zone because that's really the only dnd podcast i listen to right now my my brain goes oh wait okay i've missed something and there's this new voice that's being said and some name that's been mentioned like i just have no clue who that is maybe yeah uh maybe it's something to do with dyslexia or something because again i find books quite difficult to read uh just from a perspective of like keeping um track of who the characters are uh i and even uh, in tv shows i can tell you what a character looks like and be like oh it's that guy with the with the gray hair or it's uh it's the woman that wears the green dress all the time i can't remember what their names are i think i watched i was watching the witcher with izzy and i i I got a head start. I'd played The Witcher 3. I knew who most of the characters were, but if it wasn't Geralt, Yennefer, uh, Triss, or Ciri... Who knows? Peasant number four, back again. The hello. Yeah. <laughs> Just... It's the, it's the, no, I'm, it's I'm, the I'm, magic I'm the same lady. with names. She does, she does the magic thing. She's the evil magic woman. She turned people into eels. I know who she is. I don't remember her name, but she's magic eel lady. It's, it's Madame Eel. <laughs> Madame evil eel eelville eelville the sequel to farmville <laughs> where you just farm eels Ooh. i follow an eel on twitter it's an electric eel that i think lives in the tallahassee aquarium uh and whenever he does his little electric thing he tweets it makes a tweet with like a little comic book zap sound effect whenever he does an electricity does it how does that have they got something hooked up to him or yeah, there's, there's like a little electrode in the tank that like picks up whenever he like gives off a little zap of power. I also follow a cat called Pepito, who has a a Twitter account linked up to his cat flap. Oh, that's and really... it, it tells you when it tells you when Pepito leaves his house and when he comes back. Oh, that's really awesome. And that... and so, so there's like a little a, a little automatic snapshot of Pepito's bum like as he leaves the door. There's a Pepito has gone outside, and then Pepito's head as he walks in. Pepito has come home. That's such a 
a, a beautiful yet mundane thing, but that's that's really, really cute. I really like that. Maybe I'll talk about Pepito in the future. Maybe Pepito. Pepito's was such a good name for a cat. <laughs> this is such a brilliant is he name. Wants to, is, he, is he really wants to get a cat at some point in the future? And I'm very anti-cat, but she's been trying to think of ways to make me pro-cat. So one of her ideas was name, saying, oh, what if we named the cat after Pokemon? And I don't know whether I like that idea or not because also because there are cat pokemon you know i could we could call it litten or meowth or all these other things but also they sound really weird i don't know whether i'd want to actually call a cat meowth or something i almost feel like snorlax would be or something or pikachu would be a better name but then it's just like well no it's not a it's not a pikachu it's a cat it's what if you call the cat master chief master chief chief where are you this and just the cat goes to sleep. It's like, wake me when you need me. Or um, uh, this is this is my cat, Revolver Ocelot. Not making it Hideo Kojima name. Though that would be quite a fun. To be fair, Revolver Ocelot. Revolver is quite a fun name yeah. for a cat. This this is my cat, Ezio Auditore. Actually, that you, you he are... jumps on me from heights. Very good at falling from high places. Yeah. Uh, cool thing about cats. Um, they have a... So cats... There's a thing about cats always land on their feet. Uh, and that's not quite true. But it, it's based on the fact that cats can fall from quite a lot of heights and be okay. Because they have uh, their big floofiness and their way they can spread their body. means they can have a really low terminal velocity. Which I think can hurt them a little bit but not enough to actually cause like serious physical harm but there's a weird band where they can fall from a certain height so i think it's something like up to three stories cats are okay don't quote me on the exact numbers but it's something like up to three stories a cat can fall and it will be fine because it hasn't quite got fast enough yet simply yeah because it hasn't fallen far enough to really hurt itself then between three and something like five or six stories danger zone that's the worst a cat can be but then above six a cat's fine because it can slow itself down because because i I think it's because the cat uses its tail to rotate itself in the air to be like in that like spread eagle position but yeah that that like three to six range it it doesn't have enough time to effectively slow itself down so it it has to it like ends up going at a much higher terminal velocity uh yeah and i think yeah and i think it um has to do with acceleration as well Uh, i think it hasn't quite decelerates enough so if it hits the ground it has to decelerate a lot more and that's the that hurts it um but interestingly because this came about because i watched a fun mark rober video which he did where squirrel was going through an assault course great youtuber oh hell yeah Uh, and uh he was saying like oh don't worry the squirrel will be fine whatever height it falls from squirrels can just fall from any height and should be fine izzy didn't believe me then she googled it and it was all good squirrels can just fall from really high up and technically humans can fall from very high up, but they they will probably die. But there are people that their parachute fails and they survive. Very badly hurt, but alive. Alive. It's, it's, is Breezel a squirrel? Breezel's like a, a weasel. Um, it's sort of a... It's an otter, that's it. Oh, uh, because because of its name. Okay, think, that's fair. I think, I think it's named after a weasel, but it's, it's more like an otter because it lives in the water and it has a tail that spins a, like a propeller, which just doesn't work. Is a buoyant weasel yeah because it has a little floaty wing wing i can't say it ring 
What's 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 a, a, a float? Is it a floaty? Uh, you call it a floaty, in, yeah. Float in the water. Uh, I really want to go to a water park. A, a, a life preserver. A, a, a lifesaver. A life preserver. I really want to go to like a water park, Wilkie. There was, there was one in Coventry and we should have gone, but obviously we couldn't. But that would have been... Yeah. I, that was a, a summer activity I had, I had planned for us to do as a house. I, I went to water parks once. Nope, nope, no. I'm killing that there. Um... Uh, we're gonna. I think. I think we've got sufficiently off topic enough that we can end the show. We've got to end the show nowhere near where we started. <laughs> we did also. I think we've, we did also forget to review podcasts. Oh yeah, what's what's podcast review? I mean, we've got to give it a good, good. I don't. Th- I don't think I mean, it's good, good. Yeah, podcasts are really, really fun because there's so there's so much variety there. You don't have to listen to the same thing, and it, there's podcasts about just such the nichest things. So that's why they're good, good, because you can find whatever you're interested in. And there's probably not yeah, there's just a, there's one a podcast, podcast for anything. On there's probably a few. There's probably a few. Particularly with... There's probably a, a, a recap podcast of the podcast. Oh, that's that's what you wanted this show to be. You wanted this to be a, a, a review of I, d- another... I didn't want this show to be that. I, I had a couple of ideas for podcasts. Oh, you just wanted to do another show where we review Yeah, well, no, that, 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 that was one of the ideas I had, which was every week we do an episode of a different podcast. Uh, so I thought, like one week, we could do we do an episode of story breaks, and we come up with a like a screenplay. That is actually quite fun, where we just steal everyone's format. Maybe that's something we will do. And then, like the next week, we do an episode of Wonderful, and the next week we do an episode of Sawbones. And we just and we like we have to commit to doing an episode of Sawbones, and so we have to like research medical topics and stuff. We should do that. That put that in the the document that we're gonna do a podcast of podcasts. Will it work? I don't know. Pod podcast cast. Yeah. Do critical role. Just have to do three hours of D and D. Oh though, I would though kind of love that, but kinda of hate that. Though it's uh in media res, so it's just a middle episode. Maybe we do it with our actual campaign and we just record our friends playing D and D completely out of context. No one knows what happened before or after. <laughs> it just happens. I, I, I do I do enjoy in media res things, just like, oh yeah, here's a bunch of context and then it's really fun watching people like get super in- engaged. Yeah, that's as players though who don't know it. The players would know. Good, good podcasts are good, 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 good. And with all of that, we've rated three things. The show is done. Thank you very much for joining us on this magical adventure as we journey through the internet in a new and wonderful way as boys on a quest to review. Um. I don't really have anyone to thank. Normally I'd say thank you to everybody. Thank you to all of our Instagram followers and thank you for subscribing to this show. Yeah, we've we've got quite a few Instagram followers already. You started the Instagram a couple of days yesterday, ago. in fact. If not yesterday. Yeah. And we're up to like 50 um, people. So thank you for listening. Yeah, we've got 50 followers. Share us with all your friends. Just, you know... Yes, please. Even if you don't think they'll like us, listen to our cool theme song. Uh, that, that was made by... Uh, some site that I does royalty for you meet through free music. I think Storyblocks. So maybe a thank you to them for making something, but and selling it to me for. Oh, it, this is a mess, ladies and gentlemen. But this this is a mess. You you need to get a notes out. I need to work out what I'm going to say to read off at the end of episode. I promise next week it'll be better. So you've got to listen now to see if I improve. See you then. So you get that viewer retention. Uh,